The Chicago White Sox have an actual left fielder to play left field in 2023, and it only cost them $75 million. Uh, so much for not going to throw money at problems. Andrew Benatendi gets a huge five-year deal to come to the South Side, where he will reunite with some of his former Kansas City Royals coaches. At long last, the White Sox got their man. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. With Andrew Benatendi added to the roster, how do the White Sox stack up in the AL Central and beyond? The White Sox must know something that the rest of the league does not since they offered five years and just how long have the White Sox front office wanted Ben Attendee in a White Sox uniform? Welcome to uh, off-season Lockdown Sox, I should say. Uh, we are now down to three episodes a week. Uh, look for a Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and that might adjust uh, next week, but I'll try to keep you up to date. And again, if major news uh, happens, if the Sox decide to throw more money uh, at problems, uh, that episode amount might uh, adjust. So it only took seven and a half years, but the Chicago White Sox finally got their man. This past Friday, December 16th, Andrew Benatendi and the White Sox agreed to a five-year, $75 million deal. Uh, major League sources told MLB.com. ESPN's Jesse Rogers was first with the report uh, with no confirmation coming from the team as of yet. Uh, ben Attendee was picked by the Boston Red Sox in the 2015 MLB draft, one spot ahead of where the White Sox picked. Uh, White Sox went with Carson Fulmer uh, that year, if you remember that. Uh, anyway, Ben Attendee was apparently coveted by the White Sox organization. Uh, they probably wanted him in the 2015 uh, draft there. And it sounds like Rick Hahn wanted Ben Attendee included uh, in this in the Chris Sale trade uh, in 2016. The corner outfield positions, uh, they have been a major problem for the White Sox for many years, uh, and the White Sox were not supposed to be throwing money at their problems uh, this offseason, but they went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, White Sox gave 28-year-old Ben Attendee a five-year, $75 million deal uh, this makes it the richest contract in White Sox history, all guaranteed money. 
move aside Yasmani Grandal. Uh, so, boy, I'm sure you had a ton of initial thoughts uh, talking with Sox fans, Sox co-workers, other family members in your life. I mean, uh, as we are here in the holiday season and you're getting together with other Sox fans, I'm sure this is going to be a major topic uh, for many, many weeks to come. Uh, so, you know, I talked about last week, you know, maybe Pedro Grafal has a wish list uh, that similar to what maybe Tony La Russa had. Of, of, here are some guys that I would love the front office to target. Uh, this is how I want to shape my team uh, this coming season. And whether the Sox were going to listen to Grafal or not, I don't know. Uh, again, more details I'm sure will come out once the announcement is made official, but it is really interesting, you know, that uh, Ben Attendi was a guy they, they targeted. I personally not surprised uh, that Ben Attendi was a target for the White Sox. I was very surprised that it actually happened because it was going to cost American dollars. Uh, the Gallo rumors, you know, the Joey Galloway, uh, Joey Galloway, Joey Gallo uh, rumors were everywhere. Uh, then, of course, he signed with Minnesota. Uh, the Michael Conforto connections, very popular. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe the Sox are still in on Conforto uh, for right field. I don't know. Uh, and then there were, you know, a lot of trade scenarios I've been hearing over the last couple weeks involving Minnesota with Max Kepler and outfielders on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I was also shocked that it was a five-year deal, and of course, the law—the largest uh, contract in Sox history, which I think is is also shocking to everyone around the rest of the league. That seventy-five million is the biggest amount of money that a major market team like the Chicago White Sox have spent, and it's now on Andrew Benatendi. Just kind of raises some eyebrows. Uh, why? Why Andrew Benatendi? Uh, why target him? And, you know, clearly the White Sox have wanted this guy since 2015. Uh, there is a connection to Pedro Grafol as to, well, Mike Tosar uh, and Eddie uh, Rodriguez, who are now all on this coaching staff uh, for the White Sox. Uh, and why not, really? You know, I preferred Andrew Benatendi uh, to Gallo or to Conforto. Money was just the big barrier, I was thinking. Was this the question I had? I was thinking to myself: Was this a Rick Hahn choice? Was this a Pedro Grafol choice? You know, I, I think it was a combination of both. You can make that argument. Uh, the White Sox front office obviously has had Ben Attendee on their radar for quite some time. Sounds like the Yankees wanted to bring uh, him back, but according to John Heyman, there was a sense that Ben Attendee preferred to be elsewhere. I'm assuming. Pedro Grafal gave the stamp of approval, right? And, and Ben Attendee was open to a reunion. This signing makes me believe that Grafal had a wish list of players he thought would be helpful additions. If communication is as strong as we have been told it is, then there was healthy discourse between Grafal and Han and Sox Brass about doing what's necessary to get Grafal some pieces to be successful. Remember, if Grafal is successful, then Han com comes off very well, and maybe Jerry is in the giving mood this holiday season. Uh, so why left field? It seems like right field is Oscar Colas's job to lose, although maybe the Sox surprised us and continue to add uh, 
you know, some depth. We know about Billy Hamilton, but that'll come on probably another episode. Uh, they addressed starting pitching with Clevenger, and despite the amount of internal options at the position, I thought they were going to spend uh, and finally solve the second base situation and make that a priority. But left field has been a, has been a revolving door as well. White Sox had 11 players spend time in left field in 2022. Uh, A.J. Pollock spent the most time there, no longer with the club. Uh, he started 77 games in left field. Now, A.J. Pollock was used primarily as a center fielder during his time in L.A. Uh, and Arizona. So the Chicago White Sox made a bold move, but the contract is also surprising. I'm going to tell you what the Sox are expecting to get from Ben Attendi. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football uh, to college, bowl season to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So why five years? Uh, I mean, it's it's an odd contract. I found it kind of odd. Uh, you know, there's some worthwhile articles uh, put out there uh, in The Athletic recently, one by Keith Law and one by James Fegan discussing this deal in depth and trying to make sense of the five years, $75 million deal. Keith Law uh, said that he thought Ben Attendee would get the largest contract ever for a player who didn't hit 10 home runs or steal 10 bases in his walk year. Uh, Law didn't think it would be this large. According to Law, the White Sox just gave Ben Attendee five years and $75 million off that platform season, and while there could still be some more offense here for a new team to unlock, this contract all but assumes Chicago is going to find it. And that's what you have to assume, right? Somebody knows something and feels like they can work their magic and bring out uh, the untapped potential. Uh, maybe it was Jose Castro, the new hitting coach, uh, or Chris Johnson, the assistant hitting coach that you know, saw some tape, had some eyes on, been attending and said, yep, I, I see that swing. We can work with that. I think that's what we want in this lineup. Uh, the most obvious answer, you know, Pedro Grafol liked what he saw in Kansas City and wanted Ben Attendee to be part of what he's building uh, on the south side. Uh, so, like, what do we know so far and what do we see uh, from Ben Attendee, maybe going forward into 2023. So James Fegan of The Athletic laid out the bullet points perfectly uh, in his recent article. Ben Attendee made his first uh, all-star appearance last season, hitting uh, 304, 373, 399. Uh, that was his slash line in 126 games with the Royals and Yankees. Uh, after being dealt to New York, uh, ben Attendee had a season-ending surgery on a broken hammock bone in his right wrist. This contract 
surpasses Yasmani Grandal's four-year, $73 million deal for the largest White Sox free agent signing in franchise history. So Ben Attendee checks the corner outfield box in the left-handed bat, uh, bat box and has been coveted by the White Sox organization for a long time. He hasn't displayed much power throughout his career, but maybe a change of scenery and a fresh set of eyes on him can help with that. In seven seasons, his career slash line, 279, 351, 431. He hit 20 home runs back in 2017 with Boston uh, when he played in 151 games. That has been his high watermark. Uh, Keith Law wrote, this is a bet that the White Sox can figure something out that his last two employers at least could not. Getting him to drive pitches in the zone that he currently hits softly, often just the other way, that's easier said than done, but it's essential to making this contract work for Chicago. So the other big question is, why not operate via trade? As we were told, uh, that's how the Sacks are going to improve with some of the areas that they need to address. Uh, the White Sox just do not have a lot of assets. Uh, the farm system is not loaded, and I still find it hard to believe that they trade from the active roster, but you never know. Uh, it, it takes two, sometimes three teams to get a deal done. Uh, and after maybe, you know, the dust has settled, the realities of making a trade for a left fielder were just not there for the White Sox. Uh, the, so the Sox decided to target a player and they got him. Simple as that. Uh, why not focus on second base? Look, I, I think one way to look at this is the Chicago White Sox had some money to spend. They apparently offered Jose Abreu a generous contract at some point. So you know they had some money. The free agent options at second base were not as exciting compared to what the White Sox saw in Benatendi. There are a lot of internal options for second base. Romy Gonzalez, Lurie Garcia, or Lenin Sosa are answers, but I don't believe they are the answer. Uh, is there a trade out there somewhere? We're hearing some whispers, maybe Whit Merrifield. The Sox might want to inquire uh, into that situation. Pedro Grafol might have a louder voice than we realized, or maybe Rick Hahn is the one speaking volumes. I'm going to tell you what the Benatendi deal means for the White Sox moving forward. Uh, more on that in a moment. So really, I mean, what does this all mean? And, and we might be, this is going to be an involving uh, conversation. We're, we're not going to have final answers on this. And I'm sure we're going to be picking apart this contract as the season goes. Boy, if Ben Attendee has a slow start to the season, you know, that hit with that asterisk of the largest contract ever. Uh, you know, so based on the fact that Ben Attendee's contract is the largest in White Sox history, uh, you would think that this guy is the final piece of the puzzle, right? And he puts us automatically in the ALCS conversation. Uh, but five years, $75 million is nothing compared to the type of money being thrown around right now. Uh, just look, look at what uh, the Cubs gave to Dansby Swanson uh, just recently. Keith Law 
uh, wrote about what this uh, Ben Attendee deal essentially means for the White Sox. Uh, he said they will see improvement from a full season of Aloy Jimenez, fingers crossed, and should get more from Lucas Giolito in 2023, fingers crossed. But that's not enough to make this team a potential wild card contender. It still has a huge void at second base and can use an upgrade at designated hitter or at least a platoon mate for Gavin Sheets. And the free agent market doesn't offer any of those. I'm not sure where they go from here if they want to return to the playoffs next season, although I might be shortchanging the substantial improvement they made with the change of managers. Well said uh, by Keith Law. I, I, You know, it's refreshing to have uh, a, a new manager in place. I, I'm still trying to figure out, and, I, and I, we will be doing this for a while too with Pedro Grafol, but I like that he has been able to bring in his own people, for the most part, aside from Daryl Boston, uh, bring in his own people into the coaching staff uh, and mold it the way he wants to mold it. Uh, in terms of Aloy Jimenez, uh, this means the age-old question of will he or won't he in terms of playing left field is finally over. Uh, we have now a proven left fielder, finally. Uh, it's hard to imagine that Aloy Jimenez will be relegated to solely DH, but, I mean, that's what needs to happen right now. So, again, I point to the Pedro Grafol plan we know he's been able to surround himself with familiar, trusted resources. And now we can also assume he is being listened to or at least involved in collaborative conversations about roster construction. So like with the Clevenger deal, whether you like the deal or not, the White Sox targeted a player and probably overpaid, but they got their guy. They answered a need. Now we wait to see how the rest of the dust settles. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere uh, you find your podcasts. And don't forget about the YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox and please uh, subscribe. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Uh, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will continue to take a look at offseason scenarios for the Chicago White Sox as the Pedro Grafol era moves full steam ahead. Could the White Sox really be interested in bringing back Nick Madrigal? And what does Billy Hamilton returning to the South Side mean for the culture? We'll get into that. I really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sox! <laughs>